Hello and welcome everybody to episode number eight of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking, and ladies and gentlemen, you are in the midst of Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking history. This is the first ever re-record in the history of the podcast. I'm no stranger to these. I used to do this in my last podcast a lot. We a lot. We'd uh, we'd start recording. We'd get ten minutes in, and we go, "This is trash. This is." Bullshit, we should start again. I'll never forget the first podcast Elliot and I ever properly recorded. We started off, we had no plan, we were just fucking prattling on. We get 10 minutes in, suddenly we're talking about 9-11 conspiracy theories, and we go, this sucks, right? Like, this is, this is like a parody of a bad podcast. Two dudes with no plans whatsoever going down the world's least interesting conspiracy theory, because obviously it's true. I mean, let's... Jet fuel doesn't melt steel. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go down this path. I don't have to do it. You do your own research. I got a little bit too heavy. I got a little bit too heavy early on. I kind of told myself in the lead-up to this podcast, I was like, well, maybe people want to hear you speak passionately. Maybe people want to hear you just unfiltered, not trying to be so funny all the time. And uh, then after 20 minutes, I thought, no, 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 people don't want this. This isn't what people want. This is, this is for your therapist, all right, Tom? This is, this is not, I don't have a therapist, I'm not a fucking loser. But in theory, <laughs> this is, in theory, if you had a therapist, this is who it would be for. I do have a therapist, actually. She's fine. I hope she listens. If you're listening, let me know, April. Otherwise... I'd be fascinated. This must be a treasure trove for, a, for any psychoanalyst. This would actually be, I think this is a great marketing strategy for therapy. If you're a psychologist out there, go and find a podcast that no one's listening to and really tune in. Work out what their problems are and get in touch because it will be immediately apparent. Seriously, go on YouTube Search by most recent, lowest views, look for new podcast episode three, because let's be honest, these people probably aren't going to do more than four or five podcasts. I'm teetering on the edge as it is. And and really, just give it, just give it. You see these people who do like hour-long, hour-and-a-half-long podcasts by themselves who, as far as I can tell, have little to no talent or experience to speak of. Unlike me, unlike four-and-a-half-year stand-up comedian slash advertising executive Tom Whitcomb, who, as we, can all, as we can all assume, has some stuff to say. There are some things that I think about the world that need to be out there. They need to be a matter of public record because... <laughs> Someone needs to be talking the truth. Am I right? Someone needs to be out there questioning the legitimacy of women's sports because if not me, then who? In these dark times, this, this, this lowly culture needs a truth teller now more than ever because there's not enough of us. There is too much content. There is just too too many people making too many things all the time. I had a little had a little win on TikTok the other day. That was I I I tricked myself into thinking I don't give a shit about TikTok. Those these young fifteen year old sixteen year old kids passing judgment on my work. What would they know? What would they know? Uh, well, they know a lot as soon as their opinion is positive. 
as soon as they have a, a, a nice thing to say about my work, guys, the children are our future, all right? These 15-year-olds have their finger on the pulse. The most mature generation to ever come out of the human race Western civilization is in safe hands so long as they think uh, my joke about women sprinting is funny. And fuck do they. They are big fans. And when I say they, I of course mean the men. I um, I just got DM'd a very average premise. Uh, mm, I'm not going to say who it was. Although I, I imagine if you're listening, Sam Menzies, you think it's you, but it wasn't this time. It was uh, it was somebody else. Um, I wish I hadn't paid attention. To that I was I felt like I was in a wrong. I've had a I've had a I've had a good week, have I? I was just saying that regardless. I've just you know, work. I've actually had to do work this week, and uh, on top of that, a lot of gigs over the weekend. Some gigs this week, and I just got to Wednesday. And I'm like, oh, I'm giving up. This is this week's over. This week's done. I booked in a booster shot for Friday, and regardless if I have side effects or not, everyone's going to hear that I do. It, it doesn't matter if I feel fresh as a daisy Saturday morning. I'll tell you this. I'm not doing anything, and I'm blaming, I'm blaming my newfound immunity for that. I'm, and I'm going to call into question the effectiveness of mRNA vaccines uh, as a result. I'm going to say, this isn't natural. This, it shouldn't be doing this to me. Meanwhile, I'm feeling fine. Uh, I'm going to start watching Game of Thrones again. I really want to rewatch Game of Thrones. I love that show so much, but could there be a bigger waste of time? Especially when I know how disappointing the ending. I'm just, hey, Tom, why don't you uh, just go ahead and dedicate 60 hours of your life watching a thing you've already watched to an ending that you already know is going to disappoint you? Uh, you could chase your dreams. You could spend some time developing a skill set. You could form a stronger bond with your partner or your family. You could help out around the house. You could... Contribute to the renovations your partner is almost single-handedly planning. Or uh, you could watch uh, George R.R. R. Martin's epic fantasy thriller disappoint you one more time. What's it going to be? I'm already watching Breaking Bad for the fourth time, so why the fuck not? You know, why? Let's, you know what? I think the best course of action is just to keep watching the same content just over and over and over again. And then in 10 years' time... Stop to wonder why it didn't happen for you. Because I think what we've established is even if it does happen to you, it still won't be. Yeah, this is actually a very good point I'm about to make. No matter what you achieve in your life, it'll never fill the hole. So if anything, you don't want to achieve too much so you can tell yourself, oh, if you had, that would have been it. Maybe all it would have taken is another another hour at a notebook, and that would have been, you would have written the joke that cracked you through to the mainstream. You would have made the TikTok that made the kids really think you were lit and not at all chuggy. I'm adopting their language so to win over their favor. I, at the at a gig recently, people were talking about. Um, Apparently, Jim Jeffries, who was a, a huge comic influence of mine when I was, like, 18. And that's pretty funny to say because when I say comic influence of mine when I was 18, I wasn't doing comedy at the time. So what I mean by that was uh, just made me feel far more entitled to tell misogynistic jokes to my friends and uh, probably at least played some role in preventing me from getting laid for another three years. Um, apparently, Jim Jeffries... Uh, 
didn't like his audience very much. Apparently that was a thing because he would say these outlandish, horrible things about everything. Um, a lot a lot about women. And it's, to be fair, it's very funny. I do like it a lot. It did make me laugh plenty. Um, but uh, he, he, he did not like the audience that he attracted as a result. And I'm like, am I going to like the audience that I attract? Do I like the people listening to this? I mean, many of you are my friends. And um, the rest of you think you are. <laughs> no, I've only ever had positive interactions with my fans. But every now and then, I just wonder, am I just going to... You know, this... I, I was thinking about ways that I could make my podcast a little bit uh, more popular. And I thought, maybe I can create a genuine connection with my fans. And uh, I don't know if doubting their character live on the podcast is the best way to go about it. I'm sure you're all wonderful people. I'm sure you're all bright and intelligent and smart and understand irony, unlike a certain crowd member. And this gets into what cut me off of the last podcast because I got a little bit too vitriolic. And, you know, I'll, 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 I'll keep it light this time. I'll, I'll ease into it. Have I been talking way too fast the last nine minutes? I, uh, I, I did a gig recently and uh, ended it with a joke which I think from my perspective is what I would call brilliant. It's, it's the kind of joke that I would uh, classify as virtuosic is probably the, the best adjective I can come up with at this time. Um, and, you know, if it's the best that I can come up with, what being the natural communicator that I am, it's probably the correct one. And I don't want to give the joke away. If you want to know what the joke is, you'll have to come to my Sydney Comedy Festival show on the May 5th and 6th at the Factory Theatre. I will let you know in that show which joke I was talking about. May 5th and 6th, I have a lot of tickets to sell and they're moving slow. But uh, please come. May 5th and 6th, Factory Theatre, Sydney Comedy Festival, Tom Whitcomb, ignorant. Tickets in bio, etc. I'm at this gig and I finished with this joke. I don't want to give too much away, but basically it's about uh, sexual harassment in the workplace. The joke is essentially wordplay. The joke is fucking stupid. Like, it's very silly. And the victim of the joke, or the joke, is at the expense of me, the narrator, not understanding. If When you see the joke, you will get it. The, the, joke, I, the joke is about toxic masculinity. Anyone who could just give it the faintest little bit of thought would know that. And that categorization, the faintest bit of thought, obviously uh, discounts at least one person in this particular crowd. I don't know who this was, um, but I was told by the room runner afterwards that uh, there were some complaints about the joke via DM. DM, of course, the... uh, primary communication method of the coward that is it, it is the best way for cowards to communicate now that smoke signals have gone out of fashion because that really prevents you from having to to have any follow-up questions answered you can just say hey i didn't like that uh please make sure that never happens again it uh, offended my very soft brittle spirit uh and i will not be taking any questions at this time balls in your court Somebody has come up and said, it. oh, that didn't sit right with them. No, 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 no. No one will be making wordplay about sexual harassment while I'm in the building. 
That is not good enough. Oh, okay, madam, I'm very sorry to hear that. What about the, the second and third jokes that were essentially about uh, altar boys and the Catholic Church being molested? Oh, no, those were hilarious. They, that was pretty great. That was uh, pretty funny. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then what about the one about uh, old people dying because of COVID? Was that good? Oh, no, no, no. That's very, that was very droll. Very, very edgy. I liked that. you got to toe the line. But, but just to be clear, the last one, the one that vaguely involves something to do with you, presumably, that was, oh, that was, no, 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 no. We, we can't, we can't be, we can't be allowing comedians in 2022 to go around making jokes that make me personally uncomfortable. We need to draw a line in the sand, and that line is drawn where I say it is. Everyone I've spoken to this about, spoken to this about, man, it's amazing in a podcast how easily you say the dumbest shit imaginable. All people that I have spoken to about this, there we go, are like... You gotta be fucking kidding me. That is that is the primary response uh, from the people that I speak to. But I need to I need to keep in mind that um, obviously the people that I speak to in the social circle that I keep um, is is obviously filled uh, with people with uh, a, a base level of intelligence. I need to I need to recognize the bias that exists there. That I only really associate with people who are who are capable of some critical thought. Um, people. Oh, this is, you can see where I got so angry in the last podcast, right? People, this is my take on offensive humor. This is my take on being angry at jokes. You're allowed to. You're allowed to. You're 100% allowed to be to be angry about jokes. That's fine. I'm not going to tell you how to feel about something. And if this is the other thing. I stayed after the gig handing out flyers for my comedy festival show. Spoiler alert, I don't think they're coming. You could have come and said something to me. You could have come and told me. I am so much more likely to listen to that if you actually told, as opposed to I have to hear it third hand from a fucking Instagram DM, you coward. You're allowed to be angry at jokes. You're allowed to not like stuff, for sure. Don't tell me that I can't tell them. Some people are just idiots, aren't they? And my job is to please them and hopefully take their money. Anyway. Don't let that get in the way. It's been a great week. <laughs> Change the joke. Next time I'll do it. I'll do it differently. It's fine. Whatever. Come to the show and find out more. And f- and just, you know, come and, come and realize how good that joke is. Because uh, it's pretty red hot. What else is in the news? Uh, Louis C.K. I don't know if everyone heard about this. Louis C.K. won a Grammy a couple of days ago. Louis C.K., winner of a, of a Grammy. And I'll tell you, Twitter's not happy about it. Twitter are not happy. And, you know, when are they happy, really? When is Twitter happy? I'm so glad Australia hasn't embraced Twitter as a way of communication because it just seems like the pits. Isn't it amazing how people tweeting about things is news now? You see in news, it's like, oh, outrage as Louis C.K. wins a Grammy. Outrage where? To who? To a bunch of amateur journalists, 160 characters at a time. Shut up. In saying that, I get it. It's a, it's a, it's a, 
I keep going back and forth on how I feel about this. I think the biggest thing I feel about this is I really don't give a shit. Like, I, I, I guess people have been critical of the Grammys, which is fine. You can be critical. But, like, this whole idea, well, it proves, this proves it. Louis C.K., not cancelled. Louis C.K., never cancelled. If he can win a Grammy, he can't be cancelled. It's like, guys, he's been selling out shows for years now. I bought both of his last two specials with my money. And I think a lot of other people do, did too. I think he's fine. I don't think this is I don't think this is the the marker of this. I don't think he's been cancelled for a while now. People are very angry at the Grammys. People are very angry that the Grammys would give it to a to a known sex pest. Uh, and you know, fine, fair enough that I get that. But maybe who we should really be angry at is the other nominees. Because if Kevin Hart's album had just been a little bit better, we wouldn't be in this place. You know, if if Chelsea Handler's Evolution, the album that I had no idea existed, had just been a little bit funnier, if she just spent a little bit more time crafting those jokes and making it as good as Louis C.K., one of the greatest comedians of all time, this whole thing could have been avoided. <laughs> it does seem, when you think about it, I mean, first of all, the Grammys for comedy, who gives a shit? Do you know what I mean? No one, I couldn't tell you who won a Grammy for any other comedic, comedic album. It's like, Louis C.K. didn't even accept the award. No one cares. No one cares who wins the Grammy for best comedy album except people on Twitter with their pronouns in their bio. Those are the people who really care about this. The, the worst take, the worst take that I've seen on Twitter is like, <laughs> where were all the male comedians talking about this one? They're too busy having a go at Will Smith. All those male comedians attacking Will Smith last week, where are they now? It's like, what? What, is, what does that have to do with anything? I saw one of them just like, well, think about it. People are attacking Will Smith, uh, who slapped Chris Rock in the face. Uh, they're not attacking Louis C.K., who sexually assaulted three women. Maybe it has to do with who the violence was targeted at. As if Will Smith had gone up there and slapped Tiffany Haddish in the face, we would have been like, well, she was getting a little lippy. You know what I mean? If, 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 if rather than Chris Rock, Will Smith had gone up there and just given a big backhand to Michelle Wolf, the world's male comedians would have been like, oh, it was a shit, it was a bad joke. It wasn't very funny. That's, oh, she, she deserved that. Shut up. Fuck. I am in an angry mood today, aren't I? This is not good. I'm, I'm doing this in the afternoon instead of the morning, and I don't know if that's good for me. I don't know if doing this after two coffees is as good as doing it after, like, in the middle of one. Well, we're learning. We're learning together. Let's have a big old change of pace, and I'll introduce the sponsor for this week. As you will recall, there is an opportunity to be the sponsor of every episode of this podcast, and so far, three people have taken me up on that offer. But I've got exciting news. Because today, on episode 8 of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking, we're introducing the fourth sponsor of this podcast. For the low, low price of $8, someone has asked to have a cause, a little uh, a shout-out, a, a recognition on the World Wide Web of something that is dear to their heart. And this could be you. 
not obviously for $8. We've tested the market. We know that $8 is a fair price because someone's paid it. But next week, if you want to be the sponsor of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. Episode 9. Episode 9 could be, who knows? Maybe episode 9 is the, the episode I make it. Maybe episode 9 is the one that really sets Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking global. And I, I mean, I don't want to... I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I'll say this. Episode 7 has 40 views on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have doubled my YouTube subscriber count from 18 to 36 in less than a week. Do you know what that growth signifies? If I'm 2xing every week, I'm at 40 subscribers right now. Next week's 80, 163, 20, 1280. 2,500, 5,000, 10,000. By the end of the year, I'm the biggest YouTuber there is. I'm taking down Mr. Beast and PewDiePie simultaneously with nothing but a, an iPhone tripod and a roadcaster. And you could be the catalyst. You could be the one to benefit from that launch into superstardom. Who knows what episode nine could bring? Will I be less angry? Will I talk less about cancel culture? Was I really talking about cancel culture? I don't think I was talking about cancel culture. I just think... I mean, the Louis C.K. thing, whatever. I'm, I, I really, I was trying to think, I wanted to talk about it and I wanted to make fun of it. And the more I thought about it, I'm like, I don't know if this is justifiable. I don't know if I have any right to talk about this. The more I read it, I looked up Andrew Schultz, New York comedian Andrew Schultz. If you don't know him, check him out. He's amazing. What he, what he said about this, because I was like, oh, he does like a two-hour podcast every other day. He will certainly have talked about this. Fuck, he skirted around the issue. He spent about two minutes talking about Louis C.K., didn't defend anybody, and then went on to talking about how long until movies stop existing. And I was like, hmm, if Andrew Schultz isn't touching this one, maybe, maybe I should leave this one alone. And I kind of did. Maybe I'm the real coward. Maybe I should have just jumped in here and just fully defended Louis C.K. What is consent really? Can it, can, we're taking the romance out of sex if you have to ask every time. <laughs> uh, but I digress. Episode 8 of this podcast, who is it brought to you by, you might ask? Well, I mean, as is the case for uh, just about every other sponsor of this podcast, it's a friend. <laughs> that's not true actually that's not true not that my sponsors haven't gone on to become friends but at the time I'm, I'm, I'm hitting a 50% average 50-50 two, two friends two strangers two fans now uh, you know what four fans my friends have become fans if we you know if you're my friend and you're not a fan I don't know if you're my friend anymore I think uh, you gotta buy some tickets you gotta shit or get off the pot on this one if you're not buying tickets to my show I don't know if I've got room for you in my life I'm gonna need your money I'm going to need a down payment on this relationship. Um, dear friend of mine, friend of the podcast, asked me to give a little shout out to his brother, who I believe also listens to the podcast, and, and I didn't realize that until I was told by his brother. So I want to give a big shout out to the sponsor of episode eight of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking, Andy Fenn. Andrew Fenn, your brother, Matthew, he, he wants you to know that uh, you keep training for that Iron Man. You, you keep working. You keep reaching for the stars. You, you keep running. Keep running from whatever it is that you are running away from. Because for you to be embarking on an Iron Man, you got to have some demons. There is no... Anyone who runs 
more than 10 kilometers. Listen to me. You are okay. You are enough. It doesn't matter what happened to you in the past. It doesn't matter what those other voices say. You are fine. Stop running. Stop running from the memories. Stop running from the screaming. Sit and embrace it. Because if you're running more than 10Ks, there is a part of you that believes you deserve punishment. That is undeniable to me. There is a, there is a part of you that thinks, no, I, I deserve to just keep going till I throw up all over myself because that would be a more fitting state for me to be in. That's, that's how I see myself and that's what I will manifest into reality. Just broken. I'm going I'm to break my physical body to represent the way that I feel inside. <laughs> An ultra, it's like two, is it, what is it? Maybe it's 100Ks. Some people run 200Ks. Some people run 240Ks consecutively. I mean, fuck, you're kind of like, at that stage, you're hoping you run into the wilderness and no one ever finds you. You know what I mean? If you're running for 240Ks, you're kind, you, you, you're thinking, how far could I possibly run without coming across a mountain lion? How, how, how long could I be in the outdoors before a tree branch falls on me and that's it and that's curtains? Because I think that's what they, that's what they want deep down. As soon as your physical fitness takes on more hours in the day than you slept, what is going on? What are you... What are you trying to achieve? The Fens, by the way, all of them do this. All the, There's three brothers. They all run. Matt runs not quite as well as his brothers, but he tries. Their parents run. Their dad ran a marathon on the day of his wedding. What has that family done? What is in the basement of the Fen residence? I don't even want to know. I mean, they're a South African family. I think they lived in there during apartheid. I don't want to. I don't want to aspir- I don't want to cast any aspersions. Who's who's to say? Who's to say who ran that diamond mine, and how ethically? Certainly not me. But their family crest is a foot covered in blisters. Their 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 family motto is "Run until the screaming stops." That's that's what I think about the fence. So, but thank you for listening, Andy. I don't think your brother listens. I think he just, uh, I think he's just kind of caught wind that I do this thing and thought, "Fuck it, I'll give him eight bucks." And and he has, and he has, has he what? That almost covered the uh, two coffees I've had today, <clears throat> almost. But hey, if you enjoyed this shout out, if you enjoyed me systematically accusing. Uh, Andy Fenn and the rest of his family of horrible deeds. This could be you on episode nine of Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is talking. This could this could be you. All you need to do is PayPal me $9 and uh, I will uh, throw your family name into disrepute, just like the Fens. One of these days I'm going to go too far and I'm going to really hurt someone's feelings. I, I uh, And that'll be worth more than the $9, I reckon. I think that will, for, for the rest of you, I could offer a money-back guarantee, but I'm not going to do that. That's uh, 
That's a step I am not willing to take. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm, a, I'm now 30 minutes into this podcast. You know that. You've been listening. It feels longer. There is something that happens when you sit and talk nonstop for upwards of half an hour to nobody. Something, something clicks in your mind or body to say, this isn't right. Some, no, this, something's off. Something's, we need to make him feel bad about this. <laughs> I walk away from every one of these podcasts, like not thinking that it was bad, but just feeling empty. <laughs> is this too much? Is this a little bit too aggressive? Empty is too harsh. I feel like something wrong has happened. I feel like a, an impending sense of doom. This is nothing, nothing good's coming from this. What is what what kind of life are you living? You took a day off work for this? You take a day off work every week for this? Do you know imagine imagine starting a podcast and the cost was 20% of your salary. Imagine if that's what it cost you every time you sat down to record 30 minutes of just vaguely coherent ranting. I don't have to imagine. I do it every week. I do it every, and I have for the last two months. Oh, well, I think uh, I think that that almost brings me to the end. And um, as with every time I record this, very unsure, very unsure of the value of this one. I was thinking I was going to try and you know write some stuff I could cut up to to put into social media. Mm, don't know. Don't know if, if that if I don't know if I've, if I've ticked that box this week, but uh, hopefully you learned something. Hopefully we've come a little bit closer together. Hopefully we've bonded, you and I, dear listener, bonded so effectively that you think that you can give me twenty five dollars to attend. Show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking live, aka ignorant, by Tom Whitcomb at the Sydney Comedy Festival, the May fifth and sixth. Have I have I plugged this enough? Is it clear how uncomfortable I am about the amount of tickets I've sold so far? Guys, I need to let you in on this. You are, you know me better than most, especially after the last half hour. I went out of my way to get a bigger room. I got a, I went out of my way to get a bigger room for this one. And so far, the confidence that I have in myself does not look to be paying off. It seems to be uh, misguided. It, it seems to me that the universe is telling me, hey... Maybe just rein those expectations in a little bit. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe we, maybe we cut this room in half. What do you reckon? That might be a good call. I think you can pull a curtain out the back and make it look smaller than it really is. So uh, if you do come to the show and you see a curtain at the back, um, you know, just try not to think what's behind it. What's behind it uh, were my hopes for what that night could have been. <laughs> And what's behind it is uh, that what's remaining of my optimism for my career. No, this has been a very negative episode, and I really hope uh, that doesn't bleed into your life. Look, guys, you're crushing it. You, 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 man. I should stop doing this and do whatever you're doing. Because I have nothing but love and respect for each and every one of you. And I do like doing this podcast. I do enjoy it, even if it does make me feel weird at the end. I do feel like I've shared way too much. Well, guys, that's about all the time we have for this week. And a uh, big shout-out again to Andy Fenn, the uh, unknowing and possibly uh, 
unhappy sponsor of this podcast after what I had to say about him. But uh, let's bring this podcast to a close with the joke of the week. Uh, a wife. A wife decides to take her husband, Dave, to a strip club for his birthday. It's a big surprise. So the two of them go down to the strip club. They line up to get in. They get to the front of the line and the bouncer is there. The bouncer says, Dave, so good to see you. Get in there, man. The wife's puzzled. She turns to her husband and goes, have you, have you been to this club before? And Dave goes, no, 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 honey. I'd, I've never been here before. That's just uh, that's John from my bowling league. We, we bowl together. And the wife's a bit suspicious, but she goes, okay, whatever. They sit down, they, uh, they take a seat, and uh, they've only been sitting down for a minute when a waitress walks past. He goes, Dave, here's the Budweiser, just how you like it. And the wife's like, well, how does, how does she know you like Budweiser? Have you, you've been here before. And Dave goes, no, 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 honey. We, she, uh, she works at the bowling alley. She, uh, she's a bartender there, takes my drink order. She knows what I drink. And the wife's like, oh, she's not so sure, but she's like, okay, whatever. They're sitting down for a couple minutes, so suddenly a stripper comes over and goes, hey, Dave, nice to see you, big boy. The regular table dance for you again? The wife doesn't even stop to ask. She's furious. She grabs a purse. She runs outside. Dave chases after her, trying to calm her down. She get, jumps into a cab. Dave jumps after her the whole time to console her. And she is just going off at Dave, going, I can't believe you'd betray me like this. I can't believe you've always been a lying piece of shit. The cab driver perks up from the front and goes, Oh, Dave, sounds like you picked up a real bitch this time. And that's your joke of the week, guys. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this very self-reflective episode of Shows and Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you enjoyed it. Please continue listening. Please continue to tune into the podcast. A reminder, we still need a sponsor for next week. Could be you. Until then, I'm Tom Whitcomb. Have a fantastic week. <laughs>